I believe we're on the verge of the greatest revival that has ever occurred in history. Welcome to Light Words with Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church Ministries. We're so glad to have you here. This is a very exciting episode, and we hope that it stirs up something spiritually inside of you. Pastor Scott is joined with wife Marilyn and daughter Corey. Pastor Scott is talking about revival, and he's going to share his testimony on how he came to the Lord. Praise God. Well, I've always been fascinated by revivals and drawn to spiritual revivals in times past. From the time of Pentecost, that's really the first uh, revival that took place in the, in the New Testament church when the Holy Spirit first came upon the church. Until now, the Lord has moved in some very powerful and unusual and amazing ways. It's kind of interesting. Every move of God is uniquely different with its own trademark. The Lord has continued to be faithful and revive his church and reach the lost for Christ. And certainly the church needs to be revived, amen? Yep. We all need to be revived. Revive us, O Lord. In almost every case, the beginning of a new blessing or outpouring of the Holy Spirit was a new revelation of the person and character of God, more beautiful, more wonderful, and more precious than ever. Praise God. You know, some of us, I think we've slipped away a little bit from our first love. We can, it can happen to us all. And revival restores that first love relationship back again. You know, in a marriage relationship, you can slip away from that with your love for your spouse. And those relationships need to be renewed and restored and revitalized. And the power of the Holy Spirit can do that for a marriage, but also in our personal walk with Christ. I think of the revival that hit Wales, Oliver, Oliver, you'll like this, in the British Isles at the turn of the 20th century. A young man, 26 years old, by the name of Evan Roberts, spearheaded this incredible move of God that's documented in history. Evan Roberts was touched and inspired by the account of King Solomon, praying for revival in the book of Chronicles. I love this passage. Second Chronicles 7.1. When Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven Ooh. and consumed the burnt <laughs> offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. See, that's one of the characteristics of revival is the glory of the Lord comes. And really, it's the manifestation of God's presence. Hallelujah. And we need the glory of the Lord. And I keep bumping into these passages over and over again about the glory coming. And... Um, when this glory comes, the whole atmosphere is going to change on planet Earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. God answered the king's prayer with fire from heaven, and the glory of God filled the temple. And the Bible says the priest couldn't stand to minister <laughs> because the glory was so strong. As a result of this moving and vivid account of God's glory being revealed, Evan Roberts began to seek the Lord in prayer for revival to come to his homeland in Wales. And we just discovered that there's a possibility we might have Scottish blood in us and Irish, maybe. <laughs> it's either me or you. <laughs> anyway, praise God. And um, so in the spring of 1904, this young Welshman was repeatedly awakened to pray. Now get this, from 1 to 5 a.m. Wow, that's a long time praying, isn't it? <laughs> By November, a powerful spiritual awakening was spreading through the land of Wales. His prayer was, bend us, bend us, bend us, O Lord. Many people believe that this prayer gave birth to the revival. It wasn't until Roberts finally surrendered to the Lord that he received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. Praise God. It's not until we are fully committed to do the will and purpose of God that we will see the mighty working of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the lives of others. 
He only fills an empty and yielded cup, right? And we have to empty of ourselves and receive of his fullness. Praise God. And God does desire to fill our cups. Jesus pleaded with the people on that great day of the feast, If anyone's thirsty, let him come unto me and drink, for out of his innermost being would flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. We truly need the fire and glory to come once again to America and the world. You know, I believe this pandemic is, is going to come to a conclusion. And because of the mercy of the Lord and these life-saving vaccines uh, that God graciously allowed to be created, uh, we're going to wipe out this pandemic. On the heels of that, I believe, is coming this massive revival to the world. And uh, uh, I heard one man say it's a, a pandemic of God's glory. <laughs> Praise God. And so... God will fill the church once again with fire from on high and make it aflame with passion for God and his word. If we take a look at the state of affairs in our country and around the world, we see that we're living in alarming and frightening times, especially since this pandemic has emerged in the last year. Can you believe that it's been a year since this has been going on? What's the answer to all of this? I firmly believe the answer is a full-blown visitation of God, praise God, that will come and sweep across this nation and around the world, turning hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. I believe we're on the verge of the greatest revival that has ever occurred in history. I believe it will come like a wave after wave of blessing and power and will bring dramatic changes to the world in which we live. It will be demonstrated by signs, wonders, and miracles, just like it occurred on Pentecost. The Bible calls this the latter reign of the Holy Spirit. And as we read in James, or we, as we read in James, the early and latter rain will come together in this last mighty, out, mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So the early rain, in my opinion, would be Pentecost. Yeah. And the latter rain is going to be this revival, but they're going to come together, early and latter together. So twice as powerful, way more than that. It's going to impact millions of lives. Could even move into the billions. It's going to be amazing. It's interesting to note that the early and late rains uh, show just how long the farmers had to patiently wait. And you know, we're all waiting for the Lord to return, amen? The Bible says, Maranatha, the Lord comes. And some people don't believe Jesus is coming back, but he is coming back. He's faithful and he will. And we're getting closer and closer to the return of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. The early rains in Palestine or in Israel arrive at the time of the fall planting season, October and November. The late rains just before harvest time in March and April. And uh, I'm gonna share my testimony a little bit, but I, I came to the Lord probably sometime in March or April and um, during the time of, of Easter vacation. Many believers would say that they desire revival, but I'm not sure they understand what it is and what it's not. Webster defines the word is to return to recall or recovery of life from near death. Revival is that sovereign work of God in which he visits his own people, restoring and releasing them to the fullness of his blessing and power. So really, revival begins in the church. God revives his people first and restores that first love relationship and fills us with his Holy Spirit. And then we go out and preach the word to those that are lost and without Christ. Hallelujah. Restoring people and releasing them to the fullness of his blessing in power. God brings to life Christians who have been sleeping and restores a deep sense of God's near presence and holiness. I remember I, there was a time in, 
uh, in my past, when I, after I became a Christian at this little church, we were praying for the church uh, to be revived. And I remember there was this little track that we read and it showed this church and everybody was asleep in it. In some ways, I think the church is asleep right now. It may not look that way, but spiritually, they're asleep, right? And they need to come alive and be awakened once again. And this great awakening is going to come and wake people up out of their spiritual slumber. Amen? Praise God. And restore that fire and zeal that maybe you once had before. Or maybe give you a new fire and a new zeal. Every revival has its own, as I mentioned, distinct features and patterns. Everyone is different. Did you notice that we're all different? (laughs) No two snowflakes are alike. And nobody's fingerprints are alike. And so when God moves in revival, he does it differently every time. And he always pleasantly surprises us, believe me. Uh, There will be some that will doubt it and won't believe that it's from God. But that's always been that way. Jesus had the religious people always condemning his ministry and attacking him. And so don't be surprised by that. But the true move of God will be recognized by the true saints of God who will know that this is truly the Spirit of God moving upon humanity. Praise God. And by the way, God says, I'm for signs and wonders. If you ever wondered, yeah, God is for miracles, okay? (laughs) He's the creator of miracles. Praise God. The most distinctive characteristic of revival is the glory of God being revealed. Praise God. Sadly, the church today is not in a great state, and especially in America. And I'm sorry, but I would say America is not in a great place spiritually. Pastors and church leaders are too concerned about gaining numbers in a professional manner that is man-engineered and not God-ordained. Did you get that? Everything is scripted and produced to be attractive, trendy, and professional, but sadly lacks the presence and power of God. And what is the kingdom? It's his presence and his power being manifested. That's the kingdom of God. It has a Hollywood look (laughs) that draws people for the wrong reasons, right? Oh, Lord, bend us, bend us, oh, Lord. Amen. I was fortunate to experience an outpouring of the Holy Spirit during the late 60s. And there's some of you here today that went through that experience. And it moved into the early 70s. It was called a Lamb's Revival. The chief characteristic was the love of God being experienced. I remember being in in, in the tent at Calvary Chapel in those days in the the early or late 60s, and people would have their arms around everybody, and everybody would be swaying, and you could just feel the love of God be manifested so powerfully. It truly was a move of God. It was uh, dubbed or called the Jesus Movement. It was not technically a revival, so historians say, but it was certainly a move of God. And I thought, isn't that interesting? We went through the 60s and 70s, and we saw a move of God. We're going to see another one, but so much bigger. To live through two of them, that's amazing, okay? Now, I'd like to share a little bit of my personal testimony on how it impacted my life. Before I came to the Lord, uh, the Holy Spirit was moving uh, upon my life and using people to impact me and direct me into relationship with Christ. You see, I... I thought I was a Christian. I think a lot of people think everybody's a Christian. If they, you're in America, you know, you, but you've got to be born again, Jesus said. You must be born again. And I'd never been born again. I'd never come into an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus. And actually, when people shared Christ with me, uh, it kind of scared me a little bit because I didn't understand this personal relationship with Jesus, that you actually would come in personal contact with him, right? Um, And I remember growing up in the 60s, I wasn't that old, but 
Uh, a couple people here might remember that. Um, it was a time of civil unrest, kind of sounds like today. And of course, protests against the war in Vietnam and racial inequality, which has been going on today as far as the protests on racial inequality. It was during this time God began to move on young people who many were called hippies. Now, I wasn't a hippie. I was too young for that. But I remember going down to Palm Springs and seeing all the hippies down there laid out on the, on the grass because they couldn't stay in a hotel. They didn't have any money with their little micro vans and their jeans with holes in them. <laughs> and they looked like beached whales on the grass. But it made an impression on me because these were the ones that God began to move on and, and turn their heart to the Lord. They were looking for love in all the wrong places. A lot of people are doing that today, right? I mean, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And we're all looking for love, right? But unfortunately, people look for love in the wrong places sometimes. And the true love comes from the love of God, the agape love of God that dwells in our hearts and minds through Christ. Praise God. Their slogan was peace, love, and dope. And that's what they were about. And during this time, Jesus bursted in on the scene. <laughs> I love that. And people began to tumble into the kingdom of God. And these hippies were coming to the Lord and turning their life over to Christ. And these kids were on fire with the zeal of the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. There were many prophetic words that were going forth during that time. There were healings and miracles happening. Praise God. They became known as Jesus freaks. I guess I was one too, a Jesus freak. I remember when I was in high school, we used to get in the quad and do worship music during that early part of the 70s. And uh, people would walk by and make fun of us and laugh at us and, you know, say things under their breath. But I thought, no, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God and the salvation of the Jew first and then to the Greek or the Gentile. Praise God. And so I was one of those Jesus freaks. Now, I came to Christ at 14 years old on a balmy night in Palm Springs, California. I stumbled into a makeshift coffee house in Palm Springs. Uh, Palm Springs, if you don't know where that is, it's a little southeast of where we are here in Orange County, a couple hours away, and uh, it's out in the desert, low desert. We used to go out there every year on spring break, and um, spring break used to always be from Palm Sunday to Easter. It was that week you were off. I don't know if they still do that now or not, but things have changed sometimes. But uh, so every week we'd make our pilgrimage, I mean, every year, our pilgrimage down to Palm Springs and, uh, and, and celebrate uh, really fun in the sun, but also remembering uh, the life of Christ and what he did in that last week. And I would recommend that you read the last week of Jesus' life, beginning with the, his triumphal en entry into the city of Jerusalem, the city of God, and we've been there, into the time of his uh, uh, crucifixion, excuse me, burial, and then resurrection. It's a beautiful story. You can read about it in all the Gospels. And uh, take time to read. Jesus took time to bleed. You can take time to read. Those are lyrics from Song for the Church by a 70s Christian band called Parable. Amen. Praise God. Didn't, um, who did it? They did a remake of that, Jesus Freak. Who did it? DC Talk, I think, did. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Um, I prayed a simple prayer. A man led me to Christ and led me in a, in a prayer. And I remember confessing my sins, and I just confessed everything I had done wrong. <laughs> and um, the tears began to flow, and life began to flow. And I was changed, and I was born again. 
and I became a new creature in Christ. Old things passed away and all things became brand new. And I remember feeling like I was brand new. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know the scripture declares that when you come to Christ. And I also felt like I'd been washed and cleansed on the inside. And all that sin was removed. Forever, guys, forever. He's buried our sins in the depths of the sea to be remembered no more. He separated them as far as the east is from the west. Your sins are gone, past, present, and future. Praise God for his grace and mercy, right? Now, we don't want to sin. God forbid that we would continue in sin. But it's good to know that our sins have been removed and cleansed and removed and forgiven. Amen. Praise God. I was led to the Lord by a little tiny booklet called The Four Spiritual Laws. Now, Bill Bright, his ministry, Campus Crusade for Christ, literally printed millions of these little tracts. The Four Spiritual Laws. Do you remember those? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, almost everybody's read it. They still print it today. Here are the four spiritual laws. God loves you and offers a wonderful plan for your life. Number one. Number two, man is sinful and separated from God and cannot know and experience God's love and plan for his life. Number three, Jesus Christ is God's only provision for man's sin and women's sin. Number four, we must individually receive Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. At the end of the episode, Pastor Scott is going to give you an opportunity to dedicate your life to the Lord so you don't want to miss out. And that's exactly what I did. And when I walked out of that place, I was a new person. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the call on my life came soon after that to enter the ministry. But I didn't enter the ministry right away. <laughs> I was a Johnny come late. I didn't start the ministry until I was 40. You know, Moses didn't get going until he was 80. <laughs> so, you know, uh, sometimes God has to work on us for a while before he prepares us for ministry. Without, without proper preparation, there'll be no proper performance. We're always being prepared for something, right? Praise God. Do you know we've been called to be repairers of the breach? What is it? What's a breach? Anybody know? A gap, a gap or separation. And the world is, is separated from God. They don't have relationship with God through the Lord Jesus. And as believers, we're called to repair that breach or separation between people and God. To reunite people with God through Christ. Let's look at Isaiah 58, 11, and 12. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Praise God. Hallelujah. Did you want 12? Too? Yes, yeah. Okay. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. I like the old waste places. The old waste places. Yes, and restore those places into vitality and life. Yes. You shall rise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. See, praise God. Yes, we are repairers of the breach. I believe our generation is going to be known in this move of God and remembered forever. Can you believe that? Yeah. I really do. We're going to be a remarkable people uh, that do, does remarkable things in this move of God. And we will always be remembered here and in heaven. Mm -hmm. Amen. Praise God. Now, re revival has two foundation stones attached to it. The preparedness of people. In other words, people must be prepared for it. And the sovereignty of God. And the Bible says God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. <laughs> do you like that? I love that. Revival occurs in a day of deep moral darkness and national depression. Certainly, we have been in a worldwide depression due to this pandemic. It usually begins in the heart of one consecrated servant of God who becomes the energizing power behind it, just like 
Evan Roberts, uh, as we mentioned at the turn of the 20th century, an agent used of God to quicken and lead the nations back to faith and relationship with him. I believe God's going to raise up the spirit, raise up the spirit of Elijah once again. The power and might of Elijah is going to come upon this planet. And remember, Elijah is one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, and he performed many miracles and signs and wonders. Praise God. Every revival releases the power of God. Jesus said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the remotest parts of the world. Most revivals emphasize the preaching and proclaiming of God's word. I believe this revival coming will be a lamb's and a lion's revival combined with his power displayed through many signs, mighty signs, wonders, and miracles. See, a lamb's revival, as we mentioned in the Jesus movement, was an outpouring of God's love, his agape love. And a lion's revival is an outpouring of God's power, his miraculous power. Well, this revival is going to combine them both. We're going to see a mighty outpouring of God's love, but also of, the, of his miraculous power, right? There'll be things that will happen that will astound people. They won't believe it. I mean, the, the only way you could believe it is if you saw it, right? Uh, and then you'd still go, I can't even hardly believe that. And... Um, but God is a God of the miraculous. All revivals result in a return to the true worship of God. Boy, you know, since we've been coming together to worship again, it's just so refreshing. I, I love it. And to be with the people of God and you feel the presence of the Spirit of the Lord right here. And it's just so awesome. And so uh, this revival will be characterized by great and powerful worship. And I told you, I think it's going to be a rock music sound. Just like it was in the 60s, this new rock sound came out on the scene, I believe it's going to be a, a loud sound under the Lord, a rock sound. <laughs> but Christian lyrics, right? Christian music, praise God. You know, in the, in, in the time of a lot of the revivals of past, uh, they sang tunes that sounded like you'd sing in a bar. They were, weren't they? they, but, they the but they changed the lyrics and, and, and it was Christian music. And it just reflects the culture of the day, right? Yeah. And uh, Christians should take it all over right? <laughs> and uh, uh, restore that beautiful worship uh, back to the Lord. Each revival witnesses, witnessed sees the destruction of idols or false gods where they exist. And that's interesting. God's going to pull down the idols and the false gods that exist right now on the earth. Revivals bring a restoration of great joy and gladness of heart. And that's probably the greatest characteristic. You're going to be so full of joy. Every day you're going to be <laughs> so excited to get up because you can feel that joy in your heart and that gladness of heart. Each revival was followed by a period of great national prosperity. Isn't that interesting? So God prospers the nations when they turn to him. Revival awakens us to a new spiritual reality and a new revelation from the Lord. We get new revelation from the Lord, new inspiration and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation comes upon us. And the prophetic word is very strong during revival. And uh, people will be used of God to bring forth the prophetic words. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting stirred up in God. <laughs> revival usually comes very suddenly and without warning. So get ready. It just might creep up on us. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came suddenly. Let's read Acts 2, 1 through 4. 
When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as if a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Amen. Began to speak with other tongues. We pray that we'd all, Paul said, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, you know. Um, it's a beautiful prayer language unto the Lord, but even more important that you would prophesy. Uh, but tongues is the one gift, I don't know why I'm on this, but I'm on it, that edifies you personally. All the other gifts, the other, there's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, primarily, and uh, all the other ones are designed to edify your brother and sister in Christ. But tongues is your own personal prayer language that edifies yourself, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Praise God. And Paul did say, I pray in tongues more than you all. So if Paul did it, I figured it ought to be okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, here's an interesting thing. Revival can't be manufactured. Some people think they can make it happen. Can't do it. it it's God does it when he wants to do it and how he wants to do it, right? But we prepare ourselves for it, and we pray for it always, right? Only God can bring to revival, and it comes down from heaven to earth. Heaven comes down to earth. Wow. I want to give you five, quickly, five keys that we can do to prepare for this revival coming to our world. Number one, this is so important. Seek the Lord through prayer and worship. That's what he wants us to do right now. Just seek him. Forget about all the other stuff in life. You know, Jesus said the cares of this life, life, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things choke the word of God out of our life. So what we need to do is prioritize our um, goals and make a decision to seek the Lord first in our life. And we do this through uh, worship and praise and prayer. Let's look at Psalm 27.4. These are the words of King David. Okay. One thing that I have desired of the Lord that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Praise God. Beautiful. Man after God's own heart. Uh, let's look at Psalm 80.18. Um, then we will not turn back from you, revive us, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord God of hosts, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. That's a great prayer that you can pray. Lord, revive me. Revive me, Lord. As I seek your face, revive me and restore, restore the joy of my salvation. All right? Psalm 85, 6. 85.6. 85.6. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? See, so when you get revived in God... You begin to rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. <laughs> Rejoy over and over again, right? And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And we need strength, don't we? And the joy of the Lord produces strength. All right, Habakkuk 3, 2. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. Amen. Praise God. Revive it in the midst of the years. Allow the Lord to become the joy of your life. Praise God. And if you believe it, you can receive it. Hallelujah. Number two, sincere servants of the Lord are the ones to bring about revival. You see, God is tired of insincerity and hypocrisy and phoniness. And the ones that are truly sincere are the ones that are gonna bring and launch this revival because their hearts are right before God. And God's gonna use the sincere and loyal ones unto him 
to release this mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the day of the superstars going away, guys. You know, the fan club and all that stuff, it's going out the door. Praise God. We must obtain a fervor and develop a passion and zeal for the Lord and his kingdom. The key to that is focus. See, some people say, well, how do I get that passion and zeal? You have to focus. Uh, you know, in life, if you don't focus on anything, you don't get anything, right? You have to focus in on your goals and your priorities. And give, check this out. Whatever you give your attention to, your desires will follow. Do you get that? So if you give your attention to the things of the Lord, you'll start getting more desire for God. Amen. Praise God. It's interesting to note that God used a young king named jo Josiah. I like this. I, I believe he was about 16, but I, I, he was very young, teenager, uh, to bring about a national revival to the southern kingdom of Judah. He repaired the broken down temple. He turned the people back to the word of God and the law of God. He cleansed the temple of idolatry and burnt the idols. And he also put away all satanic practices such as sorcery and witchcraft. The Bible says there was no king like him or after him. Wow. He turned to the Lord with all his heart, with all his soul, and with all his might. This is the kind of person that God will use to change the world. Hallelujah. Number three, turn away from worldly pursuits and seek first the kingdom of God. And we spend a lot of our time seeking after worldly pursuits and worldly pleasures, and it, it's a waste of time, really. And God is saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then the rest would be added unto you. The word of God must be proclaimed and it must prevail over everything else. See, a lot of people aren't really preaching the true word of God, and that's why there's no results. But the word must be preached. Let's look at Acts 19.20. Okay. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. And prevailed. Means it overcame all things. Yes. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, by in and out burger alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yeah. Praise God. And number five, we must wait upon the Lord for him to come with great power and might in waves of supernatural revival glory. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for this message. We thank you for the spirit of revival coming upon the world, Lord. We pray that we would reach out to you, Lord Jesus. We'd call upon your name, Lord, that we'd receive the fullness of your Holy Spirit and the fullness of your power, we pray. Now we want to reach out to those that don't know Christ. You're out there. You've stumbled into this broadcast somehow. You're watching it. Maybe you thought you were Christian, but now you've realized you're not a believer. You can pray today and become a true believer in Jesus Christ. Pray this prayer in the sincerity of your heart and mean it, and Christ will come into your life, just like he did for me on that balmy night in Palm Springs, California. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've done wrong. I ask you now to forgive me of my debts and sins and wrongdoings. I receive the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ upon my life. And I ask you now, Lord Jesus, to come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. I love you, Jesus. I want to walk with you. I want to be on fire for you. I want to fall in love with you more and more each day. In your name I pray. And you believers out there that have fallen away, you're not walking with Christ, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. You need to get ready for this revival. It's coming. And you don't want to be left out or left behind. You want to be a part of it. Pray this prayer if that's you and you're a Christian, you know it, but you're not close to God. Lord, I want to come back to you. I want to be revived. 
I want to be restored back to that relationship I once had with you. I want to be re-energized, revitalized, re-empowered by your Holy Spirit. Fill me now, Lord, with your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, Easter's coming. Praise God. Let the glory come upon us that we might see him in his power and majesty. We'll see you this week on my mini broadcast and blessings to you. Thank you for listening to Light Words with Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church Ministries. The Bible says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal or sincere to him. The Lord is looking for a sincere and loyal heart. It's not about how perfect or how strong you are. If you want to be used in this revival, then keep seeking and pressing after God. Keep praying for revival in your life and for our nation and around the world. You can watch Pastor Scott live every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. We hope that you enjoyed the message. Blessings to you, and we'll see you next time.